Hey guys, and welcome to episode 260 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Labuono, and today we have on Earth Echo Foods co-founder, Greg Collins. Earth Echo Foods makes nutritious superfoods designed to promote a healthier lifestyle in the most natural way possible while pushing to help heal Mother Earth any way that they can. Craig and his wife and co-founder, Danette, are no strangers to the entrepreneurial world. They originally got their start building a strong community around a fitness site, and as they gained more and more traction, their following started to ask about supplements. It didn't take much for Danette and Craig to answer the call of their community, but they knew if this is something that they were gonna do, they wanted to do it right and take it all the way. After going above and beyond to get the best possible ingredients that aren't just packed with vital nutrients, but also responsibly harvested, they came up with their Cacao Bliss. They sold out in no time, their customers were raving about the product they concocted, and it was pretty clear that they had once again caught lightning in a bottle. From there, they decided to officially start Earth Echo Foods. In this episode of Built on Passion, Greg Collins shares the steps they took to fine-tune a product to fit exactly what their community wanted, and some challenges they faced along the way, the lengths they are going to make Earth Echo Foods operating as sustainably as possible, and their how and why behind starting Earth Echo Foods. Craig, thank you so much for joining me today. Matt, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So I guess the easy one to start off, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Craig Collins. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Earth Echo. Live in uh, the mountains of Evergreen, Colorado, where uh, we run our business. And the business, so Earth Echo is at its core a superfoods company. So we source sustainably grown ingredients from around the world and infuse them in our products and make them available to consumers primarily in the U.S., but we also ship worldwide. That's awesome. How did you get into starting Earth Echo? Did you have background in health or wellness? Was it an interest? What led you to starting Earth Echo Foods? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I actually started our holding company called Mindful Health about nine years ago. And at the beginning, we were actually a digital marketing company. So my wife is a personal trainer, a nutritionist. So we created programs online, primarily for women around fitness. We have an online membership site. We've done healthy recipe books, detoxes, et cetera. And we found that over the years, our consumers were asking about what supplements we take and what they can use to help them with weight loss, more energy, you know, everything that we look for to be healthier. So we got to a point where we just said, look, people are asking us enough about supplements that we recommend. We need to do this ourselves. And at the heart of it was the fact that we quite frankly did not have confidence in any of the supplements that we were taking at the time. And we wanted to create our own brand selfishly because we wanted to know that the ingredients that we were putting in our body were the highest quality, highest efficacy, and at the end of the day, also good for the planet. So we just said, you know what, let's just do this on our own. We have the customer base, it's in demand. So about four years ago, we created our first product, which is called Cacao Bliss. So it's a uh, cacao-based superfood powder that you can make like healthy hot chocolate. You can mix it in your coffee. You can make like healthy brownies and healthy treats with it. And we just said, look, this is what we believe in. We're going to put it out there and see what happens. And it was an instant success. So it was the first product like it about four years ago. 
And our customers absolutely loved it. I mean, it was flying off the shelves. So from there, we determined that, look, this is clearly in demand. People want superfoods. They want ingredients that they know are good for them and are good for the planet. So let's keep going. So since then, we've created several other products and continue to sell primarily online through an e-commerce format. And that's the bulk of our business now, actually. So we've kind of scaled down the online fitness and nutrition programs in favor of the Earth Echo Foods because uh, that's, it's been in such high demand and uh, just continues to grow exponentially. That's awesome. I feel like you kind of build into Earth Echo a nutrition program in some way. I mean, people are definitely looking for this stuff. Clearly, you already had people asking for it. So I guess from there, it's just introducing a educational piece into your products. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the two go hand in hand. So with the online fitness and nutrition programs, we introduced the supplements and the superfoods and educated consumers on how to use them for better results. So, you know, here's your fitness program, here's your nutrition program. And by the way, here are superfoods you can also incorporate into your meal plan to give you that extra energy to help you with, you know, muscle gain or fat loss or whatever it is that you're interested in. So, yeah, it worked really well. And, and you know, we had the benefit of, of having a built-in customer base at the time because, you know, we'd already got hundreds of thousands of customers from the online fitness program. So, you know, we had the benefit of launching a superfood product and brand to an audience that already, you know, they knew us, they liked us, they trusted us, and they believed in the products that we created. It worked to our advantage to have that built-in customer base when we launched the product company. Oh, yeah. I feel like that it's oftentimes the hardest thing, just building that trust, especially starting anything new. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially these days too, because, you know, consumers are educated. They, they're much more informed. They want to know that the products or the services that they're purchasing are the highest quality. But beyond that, they want to know behind the scenes, like, how is this sourced? Right? Is this a socially responsible company? Is this a company that is just out for profit or are they actually looking to do some good for the planet and for humanity? So yeah, it goes way beyond just slick marketing these days with the much more informed consumer. They want to show loyalty to brands that they believe in and that they know are actually doing good for humanity and for the planet these days. Absolutely. Especially with cacao. I feel like that's a specific ingredient that people that's been kind of a hot topic. So the fact that, you know, you guys are doing your due diligence and expanding that due diligence to all your ingredients, it's, you know, it's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I have to say we're not perfect, right? So all of the partners that we work with from the growers to the farmers, to the processors, we are continually looking to improve our process, right? So we only want to work with fair trade suppliers we want to work with, you know, the farmers that are being taken care of in the local communities. We want to work with people that have sustainable practices, right? And ultimately regenerative practices so that they are actually getting back to the earth while they're cultivating these products like the cacao beans. So yeah, it's a continual process to improve what we're doing. So again, I, I want to say that we're not perfect, but we are trying every day and we are continually working to find the best partners so that we have confidence in every aspect of the chain to know that uh, we're operating with 
we are working with suppliers that have the same mindset as well. I think that's super admirable. I mean, you said it a little bit earlier, I guess you alluded to it, but there is a lot of noise in the supplement world and it's easier more than ever to start a business. So going above and beyond and providing something beyond just a product, I feel that is literally the greatest thing that you can do. It's actually doing something constructive versus just making a business. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And to be quite frank, we would be more profitable if we took the easy way out right? If we just looked for the ingredients that are non-organic, that, you know, are a dime a dozen, there's so many supplement companies that operate that way, unfortunately, but they have really good marketing. So, and I know a lot of supplement companies that are incredibly profitable, but we just can't do that. So as we feel like we're stewards for the planet and we want to leave this planet in a better place than when we came into this world. So our mission is always first. You started this initial business, this nutrition and fitness, I guess, consulting, creating programs, something of of that nature. I'm assuming a bit of both. And you moved into making this supplement that your customer base was asking for. What was the process of that like? How did you figure out exactly what you wanted to do, where you were going to get your ingredients? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So I have to tell you the origin story about how we started with the cacao product. So I have to give my wife, Danette, credit for this. So she has been into Ayurvedic practices and ancient foods and superfoods for the last several years. And she went down to Costa Rica for a retreat probably five or six years ago. And she went to a cacao ceremony. And at the ceremony, she drank cacao that was infused with all these other superfoods and she had this incredible energy and like euphoria and and all it was was like natural organic superfoods in this drink and she said i've never felt this way more people have to have this so when we went back home she started mixing it in her kitchen she just got some organic cacao powder and you know some of the other ingredients mix it together and started drinking that and then she started sharing it online with her followers And her followers started to make it at home. They said, this stuff is gold. This is amazing. So then, you know, once there was this groundswell of excitement around it, she just said, you know what? We have to get this in the hands of more people. We have to make this available to everyone because it's such a potent and powerful superfood. So we said, okay, we've never done anything like this. So let me ask around. And we have friends in the industry who also have supplements and food companies. So started getting referrals to contract manufacturers that would be able to source the ingredients and mix it together for us. So we interviewed several contract manufacturers and found one that we liked and went through a process with them of mixing all these superfood ingredients together to find the right flavor profile, the right mouthfeel, the right consistency, et cetera. So a lot of back and forth to get to the powder that Danette felt like, okay, this is it. This is what I experienced in Costa Rica. It was several months in the process of R&D and working with the manufacturer to come up with the powder. And then once we finalized it, had to work with a packaging company. So went through the process of you know, finding packaging that would be ideal for it. And then you know, work with the co-packer and then finally found a fulfillment company that could actually ship it out. So there were so many different moving parts in the supply chain that we had to just add, but you know, we did it. I mean, it felt like it was before we got started, it was just this like insurmountable challenge that it's like, we've never done anything like this. This is, is this crazy? 
to do something apart from our business that's already highly successful, but we said, we've got to do it. So uh, we stumbled our way through it and found a way. So from there, you, you created Cacao Bliss, answered the calls of your, your customer base. Was there any kind of struggle or challenges in educating on the product? I'm sure to a lot of people, they're not familiar with ceremonial grade cacao even to start? Yeah, no, great point. So we did a lot of our advertising and customer acquisition on Facebook back in the early days. So created a lot of educational and informative videos to educate people on cacao. Cause you're right. Not a lot of people were even familiar with it. They didn't even know how to pronounce it. They thought it was is it cocoa? What's the difference, right? So we use Facebook and video format to show them how to mix it, how to put it in your coffee, how to make like healthy hot chocolate, talked about the various ingredients and why it's beneficial for you. So yeah, you're right. A lot of the heavy lifting was done on video on Facebook. And then we did send that traffic to a, a long form sales page that we created. So on that sales page, that went into more detail on you know, really diving into the history of cacao, all the functional benefits of it, as well as the other superfoods. So yeah, it was a process of both the front end video education and then the sales page did a lot of the heavy lifting to um, close the customer at the end of the day. For the listener who hasn't seen it, I had a chance to try Earth Foods Cacao Bliss and create a spotlight around it in case you want to check that out. It really does. You nailed the flavor. It does just taste exactly like hot chocolate, like down the line. And to that end, I found that page and it, I think it's really cool that you have every single piece of technical information you have source at the bottom. So like there's still that level of accountability and, you know, I guess paying homage to where the information comes from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we really wanted to tell the story of cacao and you know, how some of the ancient cultures in South America use their day-to-day out in revered property that was, you know, at a certain point was even more valuable than gold, believe it or not, because of the way that it really energized people and made them feel and like the health, like the vitality that it gave them. So, so yeah, we really wanted to tell the story of where cacao originated. And then, you know, there are a lot of people that want to know the science behind it, right? So we, we wanted to appeal to to those folks that really want to dive in and, and understand the science behind the ingredients as well. So a lot that went into um, that page to really satisfy the curiosity of both, you know, the intellectuals as well as the historians and the, you know, the more emotional thinkers. There's still that connection piece to the food you're eating. It's not just a take this thing and get superpowers. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, you mentioned a moment ago, I need to highlight is uh, you mentioned ceremonial grade cacao. That's a huge differentiator because a lot of the vast majority of cacao products in the market right now are heavily processed. So there are about 300 phytonutrients that uh, come in, in the raw cacao form. Most cacao is heavily processed, and what happens is they heat it to high temperatures, and that actually strips out all of the healthy phytonutrients that you need. I mean, that's the reason for drinking and consuming cacao, uh, these phytonutrients. So what we've done is we found a supplier that actually uses the ancient way of processing the cacao, and that is by baking it in the sun. So they'll actually place it in the sun and let the sun naturally heat it 
so that it's not over-processed and plant, which is the definition of ceremonial grade cacao. And in doing so, it maintains all of the health and the phytonutrients and all the properties that make cacao what it is. Man, that's nuts. So that's got to be like a really hard thing to find. I can't imagine that a lot of people are taking like this very patient-laden way of making sure that the cacao is properly I guess, processed in that ceremonial way. Was it really hard to find that kind of producer? Yeah, yeah. And that was probably the longest part of the process that I described when we were going through the R&D process. Finding that supplier that still used the old ways of drying the cacao in the sun to maintain the ceremonial grade quality, it took months to find that supplier. And and we have, have really only found a small handful around the world that process cacao in that same way. Have you had any specific struggles with educating your audience beyond the customers that you already had, like beyond the people who you already had in your community? Have you had any strategies to break into different communities to grow your customer base, anything like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about our traffic sources. So from when we first started our online business nine years ago, we relied heavily on Facebook, Facebook advertising. So that's how we got our business started. It's how we've been able to build and scale over the last several years. And since then, we've diversified a bit. So we're, of course, we're on Google. And then we have a pretty strong affiliate network that we work with as well. So they'll promote our products on their websites and to their email lists and so on. So that's been a good source of traffic for us. And then over the last year or so, we've really leaned in more to influencers online. So particularly like on Instagram and YouTube. And we've had really good success with a lot of the influencers that we've worked with because, you know, it's it's that relationship. They have the relationship with their audience. They already trust the influencer. So if we can align with someone that has that built-in trust and they're advocating for our product, then uh, it's a beautiful relationship when that works out. But, you know, I will say that, uh, you know, when you mentioned struggles, Facebook has been killing us this year. So I'm sure you and many people listening on the call can relate. You know, there was a point where we were, you know, we were spending seven figures a month on Facebook advertising. And, you know, it's completely crashed this year because of the algorithm changes, the iOS updates, a lot of other things that are just like environmental factors. So that's been a huge struggle and has really forced us to to really lean more into these other traffic sources that I just mentioned. You are not alone. It's been a nightmare for us. We just started using Facebook ads and it's prior to that talking to a lot of people. It's been insane. And I kind of wonder like what's going to happen? Like not everyone has an endless supply of marketing budget where they can just like keep on shoveling dollars into it. Something's got to give. There's got to be some kind of disruptor. There has to be. And Facebook is feeling it too. So they certainly recognize it. And, you know, from what I hear, like working with our Facebook rep and some other ad agencies, Facebook is scrambling to figure it out right now. So I think we've got another couple months of pain, but, you know, they have to figure it out. So hopefully we're looking at, you know, Q4 to, to maybe start ramping up on the platform again. So switching gears a little bit, I really wanted to touch base on the sustainability aspect of Earth. Echo, because I know that's a huge point for you guys. I know you've worked in a lot of different ways to reduce your footprint on the manufacturing side, but even more so, you guys partner with a lot of different organizations. I guess to start, how did you find 
and choose each specific organization you want to partner with? And what does that partnership look like? Yeah, absolutely. So when we launched the company, again, our intention was to provide the highest quality, sustainably sourced ingredients, but we didn't want to stop there. So we wanted to provide products that didn't have a negative impact on Mother Earth. So, you know, we've been working for the last four years on earth-friendly packaging. It is not easy. So the technology for food-grade products like ours, it just doesn't exist right now. So, you know, the best that we've done to this point is we just started printing one of our products. Actually, it's launching tomorrow, Island Bliss. We just started printing our first product in PE film. So it is, it's fully recyclable, but you can't just throw it in the recycle bin. You have to take it into the grocery store like you do your grocery bags. So that's the first step. And we're continually working on improving that. So, you know, ultimately we'd love to have like compostable packaging or fully recyclable packaging that you can throw into your recycle bin. So, but, you know, we continue to work on that, but until we get there, we didn't want to add to the problem of waste on the planet. So we just said, look, if we don't have fully sustainable packaging right now, we at least need to offset our footprint. So our first major partnership that we started with was with uh, Plastic Bank. So Plastic Bank works with primarily developing countries around the world where a lot of the ocean pollution, plastic ocean pollution is at its worst. So they'll go to these seaside villages and actually employ people because a lot of these people are living below the poverty level. So they'll employ them to collect plastic from the beaches and from the waterways and then turn it into recycle bank where it's then recycled and reused in other products. So from our standpoint, since we are producing a lot of our products in plastic packaging, we just said, you know what, we have to at least offset what we're doing. So through our partnership with Plastic Bank, we are actually plastic positive. So that means that we are actually extracting more plastic from the environment than we are producing. So that was step one in ensuring that, look, we we cannot have a negative footprint. So step two to that was carbon recapture. So we wanted to ensure that through, you know, the transportation of our products from the manufacturer to the fulfillment center, and then of course, from the fulfillment center to the customers, there's a lot of carbon that's being produced there. So we want to, to take a step to offset that by planting trees. So we partnered with a couple of organizations. So number one was the National Forest Foundation. So we planted tens of thousands of trees with those guys. And then the most recent one is through Eden Reforestation Projects. So we have a project in Mozambique, Africa right now where we've committed to plant millions of trees with the local villagers. So, and what's unique about that is similar to Plastic Bank, they've identified areas of villages where people are living below the poverty line and they're forced to cut down the trees. So, you know, they need fuel for fire. So of course they're going to go out their door and cut down the closest tree so that they have fuel. We can't blame them for that. So what we've done is we've partnered with Eden to employ these people so that they are actually now replanting and reforesting the areas in which they live you know, with millions of new trees that we're helping them to plant. And in the process, they're being paid about three times the average wage. So they have plenty of money for, you know, purchasing like clean burning fuel, foods, 
you know, materials for their family, for their needs, school supplies, and so on. So, you know, not only are we helping the planet, but we're also helping these these local communities to rise above, you know, sort of the impoverished levels that they were living in previously. That's all incredible. Like that is, I feel like that's the difference between meeting the standard of ethics and going above and beyond and becoming an ethical organization that's actually trying to actively give beyond just create a product. I think you guys are setting like a really good example for how to do that too. And that's actually the point. Like ultimately, we do want to set the standard for the rest of the industry. We want consumers to vote with their dollars and to vote loudly, right, for companies and brands like ours that really are aiming to do good for the planet and for humanity. And my dream is for all of our competitors to follow suit, right? to look for that sustainable packaging, to raise the standard on the quality of ingredients that they provide, to do things to offset their carbon footprint and their plastic footprint. So yeah, that's my goal is ultimately to, hey, let's create a new standard in this industry. I don't need it to be a competitive advantage. I want everyone to start doing this to make the planet a better place. I think you're well on your way. I think that for a lot of the people I have talked to on Built on Passion, do something or part of something of that same ilk. And I think that we're at the point where you can't really exist as a company unless you are doing something a little bit more. And rightfully so. I mean, the world is like kind of low-key crumbling around us. So there is an, on some level, if you want to start something that's self-serving, providing some sort of huge give back. I think the way that you guys do it too is perfect, where you're not overburdening yourself by creating this crazy system that's hard to run, you're amplifying already existing structured organizations and getting involved in what they're doing. I mean, obviously you're doing huge work with creating your manufacturing system, making sure that it's like on point. That's incredible. I love it. Thank you. Absolutely. Was it a challenge to get all of these individual things started? I mean, between uh, working with the Plastic Bank and these other organizations? It's a process. So, you know, we went through several conversations and we did a lot of due diligence because, you know, we want to ensure that we are partnering with companies that operate with a high level of integrity. And at the end of the day, they do what they say they're going to do. So, yeah, there was a lot of research and meetings and ongoing conversations that we went through to ensure that these were organizations that we at the end of the day, felt good about partnering with and that we believed in and, and shared the same ethos and what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, I wish it could be easier, but we did want to ensure that we're doing the best for our consumers and ultimately for Mother Earth. I mean, hey, anything really good or worthwhile will take a little bit of time. That makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say is the hardest part about starting Earth Echo? What has been like the most difficult step of the way? That's a good question. You know, there was a lot that we had to figure out. So, you know, in terms of the logistics for running a product company, maintaining and managing the inventory, ordering, ensuring that we were timing the orders of product and, you know, based on our projections of sales and inventory levels that we had. So this was all new because we came from the online world where we were selling digital programs, right? So very easy. No, there's no inventory to maintain, no cogs. So it's a completely different world. So that was the biggest challenge. And then, you know, on top of that, there's a lot of regulatory challenges as well. 
So we brought in a, uh, a product director that helped us with quality assurance and with compliance because there are a lot of regulatory bodies that we have to satisfy when you provide a uh, food grade product. So um, not having that knowledge, getting into it, it, you know, it was a bit of a risk. So we didn't know at the time, but we hired experts who knew how to do what we needed. That was a key for us. It was like, when I think back on it, it's not about the how or the what to do these things. I was focused on the who. So I don't know exactly how or what we need to do. I need to focus on who I can bring on the team that does know these things that can manage it. It takes a lot to be able to give up a piece of, I guess, you know, running the business, not necessarily give it up, but bowing down to someone who like knows something a little bit more intimately. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. You're giving up a lot of control and there's a lot of trust there. You bring on an individual that, you know, literally has control of your company and his or her hands. So it looks like we are running short on time. I got a couple more questions for you. The first one being, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to start a business? Yes. So the advice that I would give is be very focused on what it is that you're looking to create and to accomplish because there are a million different ways to go about business. And, you know, there are a million distractions, right? So, you know, it's it's shiny object syndrome. So I would say if you're just getting into a business or thinking about starting a business, be very focused on, again, what it is that you want to create and really why you want to do it as well, because the why is what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. And it's also what's going to keep you pushing through when you have those setbacks. And there will be so many setbacks along the way. But if that why is bigger than the pain of the setbacks, that's what's going to keep you going. If your heart isn't in it, it's not going to take a lot to knock you off that. Totally. Totally true. Oh, yeah. Lastly, the fun one. What is the best part about running Earth Echo? Man, the best part about running Earth Echo is knowing that I am, I'm fulfilling on my purpose, right? So there's the saying that the two most important days in your life are number one, the day you're born, and then number two, the day you find out why. So I believe I'm here to help the planet, right? So I believe that I'm here to give back and preserve the planet, preserve mother nature, educate other people on how beautiful the planet is and this symbiotic relationship that humans have with mother earth and that we just can't extract resources, right? We can't extract and think that we have this endless supply of natural resources because we're going on a path right now where we are running out and the earth as we know it today will not exist 50 years from now if we keep going down this path. So, you know, the best part for me is knowing that I'm fulfilling on my purpose and giving back to Mother Earth in a way that I believe is is having a, a positive net impact. First off, I love that sentiment. Secondly, you're not just doing your own duty. You're helping other people see. It's, there's also that, that education piece, you know, bringing other people on to, I feel like that expands so far beyond and you're, I mean, I guess already going above and beyond your purpose, but that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. It's been a lot of fun. Of course, a lot of challenges along the way, but you know, when you are able to fulfill on your why and you feel like that uh, every day you're, you're doing some good for the planet and for humanity, it makes it all worth it. Oh yeah. It doesn't take much. And when you go above and beyond, I feel like you really can see the difference. And it sounds like you guys really are. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. For anyone who wants to find out more about Earth Echo, maybe pick up some Cacao Bliss, where should they head? 
go to uh, earthechofoods.com. Awesome. Craig, thanks again. Thanks, Matt. Pleasure being on your show. Hey, Ready Eddie podcast listeners, if you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie podcast. I'll catch you next week.